Hello and welcome to the Local Government Association and UCL's Net Zero podcast series, Together Towards Net Zero. I'm Olivia Lancaster, advisor at the Local Government Association for our Climate Change Improvement Programme. This new podcast series aims to reflect on and share learnings from our recently launched Net Zero Innovation Programme, bringing together councils and universities. As you may be aware, many councils across the UK have declared a climate emergency. In this series, we're focusing on stories from our Net Zero program to help shine a light on how councils and universities can work together to co-create solutions to meet councils' climate commitments. Each podcast brings together participants with expertise on the topic to explore the opportunities and challenges of the program together. In this episode, we'll be discussing the benefits of being in a program network and cohort. The challenge of climate change can be quite daunting to try and address. Through the Net Zero programme, we have encouraged our partnerships to share their learnings and experiences across the whole cohort, to share the burden and come together as a team. We'll talk about how they have found this when I'll be catching up with partners from Worcester City Council, the University of Worcester, Colchester Council and Essex University. This series is funded by UCL Public Policy and brought to you by the LGA and UCL, connecting the work of research with the world of local government. With me today are Ruth Coral, Environmental Sustainability Officer at Worcester City Council, Katie Boom, Director of Sustainability at the University of Worcester, Ben Plummer, Climate Emergency Project Officer at Colchester Borough Council, and Dr Jane Hindley, Deputy Director of Interdisciplinary Studies Centre at Essex University. Ruth and Katie, I'd like to start with you. Can you tell me a bit about your expertise and why you were interested in joining our programme? Thanks, Olivia. So... My work kind of covers, I sum it up as saying campus, community and curriculum. So what that means is I work with all the staff and all the students around um, embedding sustainability uh, on the campus. Um, I work uh, out in the community on knowledge exchange activities and for the curriculum side of things I teach. But um, I also do research on all these different areas. Great. And Ruth, could you also introduce yourself and describe your project? Yes, of course. Hi. Um, So I lead Worcester City Council's uh, sort of response to the climate and biodiversity emergencies. Um, So they were declared um, sort of in 2019 and then the biodiversity emergency last year. Um, And we've been able to devise a strategy on um, sort of how to respond to those um, and um, working particularly with stakeholders around the city, recognising that actually there's only so much we can do ourselves as a city council and, and we need to work in partnership. So this project um, is one of those, a really good example of, of how we can do that and how we can make changes across the city. So the Woo Bikes project is to run um, a pilot of an employer-led e-bike share scheme using off-the-shelf e-bikes that don't require any infrastructure. So the batteries simply swap in and out um, and can be charged in a building rather than being charged within the unit of the bike itself. This means that it's it's quite a simple and fast to implement project uh, rather than one that requires a lot of kind of hard infrastructure within a business place. Um, So we're purchasing a number of new e-bikes and using some that the university have already got within their scheme um, and also offering trailers and a a dedicated e-cargo bike for use by businesses as well to trial how to move around the city differently. And that'll be both for business travel and for commuting as well. Great. Thanks so much. Um, So Jane and Ben, I'm just going to move on to you as well now. So Ben, could you tell me about your area of expertise and why you're interested in joining the programme? Yeah. So hello, everyone. I'm Ben Plummer, Climate Emergency Officer at Colchester Borough Council. 
so my background is in environmental sciences. So I studied a uh, undergraduate master's degree at the University of East Anglia. I'm quite interested in the sort of social side of environmental science, sort of like uh, the behaviour change around the environment and uh, that sort of thing. So yeah, as I mentioned, the Climate Emergency Office at the Council now, and I saw the the Net Zero Innovation Programme as an opportunity to build the collaboration with the University of Essex a lot more, sort of acknowledging that they're a key uh, partner within Colchester with a lot of expertise that can support the Council's climate emergency response. I also saw it as an opportunity um, to really develop like a real world project that would have an impact in Colchester and with young people in schools. And uh, Jane, could you introduce yourself and describe your project, please? I'm Jane Hindley and I'm a lecturer in interdisciplinary studies at Essex University. So our project, it really is aimed to reach beyond the choir. So in Colchester, we've got quite a lot of committed people who are committed to environmental action. And then there's a whole set of people who haven't really been engaged we thought schools would be good as a way to reach parents, teachers and children who haven't necessarily had interest in environmental issues. And we're, what we're looking at is the sort of variation among primary schools in Colchester. And we're doing a, a specific pilot with one school uh, through them help embed action and education. So in that project, we, we are looking at how to um, transform the grounds they're doing around food, energy, waste, and growing, and there's one and travel. Um, so we just finished the audit phase, and we're going to start the activity phase. Great, that's really good to hear. I'm I'm just going to move on to um, how a kind of quick fire on how you've all found the program up till now. Um, so I'm just going to ask you each uh, just a quick question about the program and uh, what we've been up to so far. So Ben, could I ask you what your assum- assumptions were coming into the program? So I think uh, what I thought the programme would be like would be um, the LGA and UCL basically helping to facilitate a collaboration between the university and council and sort of start that process off um, and help us to build that collaboration in the future, sort of learn how to um, talk to an external organisation like the university. Um, what I didn't quite realised was the sort of the number of meetings that we'd have, kind of like um, as the build up to the project. And that's kind of absolute, ended up being a real positive because we ended up learning quite a lot of different things. If you sort of go from the start where we learned about the seven different insights related to sort of collaborative climate action working. And they've been actually really useful um, in informing our project design going forward. So that's been really helpful. Fitted my assumption in terms of helping us sort of collaborate between the council and the university and sort of facilitating the best ways to go about doing that. Uh, Katie, how has it been working in a partnership? Um, well, just building on what um, Ben was saying, I was particularly attracted to, to the whole kind of process because of the sandpit. I mean, I love that uh, element. It really does. Um, fit, it's very appealing. It fits into my own learning, personal learning style and development. So I took a huge amount from that. I absolutely enjoyed, uh, it's a great pleasure working with colleagues at UCL. They've got some fantastic insights. So I found that really refreshing and engaging and re-energized me. And then the partnership side with Ruth. Um, Ruth and I have got a long history of working together and doing collaborative projects, but not in a formal way. So this was just ideal. 
it was really excellent to get the support from both our organizations behind a project that um, you know we kind of tinkered around on the edges but this gave us bags of permission to go in there all gun blazing so absolutely super that's really great to hear uh, Ruth how have you found the program meetings I know Ben mentioned there were more than maybe you might have thought there would be at the beginning um, that's that's the case, but actually they were really helpful, and and the same as uh, Ben and Katie have just said. Actually, um, that sandpit process at the beginning, learning how to really understand a, a challenge and learning how to tackle it was really helpful. And certainly, I found that there were so many sort of transferable skills that I learned through that that I'll be able to take forward for when we're looking at future challenges. So that's been really helpful. And again, actually, as we've moved into the phase of delivery then just listening to the other um, the other projects and hearing from the other partners as to how their projects are going and the challenges that they face again the challenges and, and the projects they're doing are things we'll need to do in Worcester in time so that's been really helpful to actually just hear hear what they're going through and, and how they're tackling it as well so it's all been really helpful great and uh, Jane what have been your key takeaways so far well, lots of the things that um, other people have said so far. Um, I found Chris's uh, workshops on communication and action learning particularly helpful um, because in a way they dovetailed with what I had been doing and also just hearing about the really interesting range of projects that other teams are doing. I think sometimes, and this is less now, but it has been, and I think Katie is alluding to this, it has been quite a solitary endeavour working on sustainability and trying to get things done. Um, so I think, you know, just that whole ethos of sharing those experiences and, and actually the, the interesting kinds of this, some, of, some are quite technical, others are very practical. So um, in a way, um, Katie and Ruth's project, is, you know, it's a very practical project. So that whole range of projects, I think, has been inspiring. That's really great to hear. Um, I'd now like to talk about your experience in working in the programme cohort. So please do just kind of jump in uh, with, with your thoughts on these. But um, I kind of wanted to look at how you found the network and if it's been useful for your project development so far. The networking is just great. I mean, as, Jane, as everybody's kind of said, the opportunity to learn from others who are just tackling with exactly the same issues that you've been grappling with. And I hoover up other people's brilliant ideas. And even in just recording this podcast, um, it's fantastic. I've learned a new piece of software and I'm going to be stealing that. Um, all the other techniques, the mural, all the other things, um, I've absolutely hoovered up. And I'm now using myself in my research and in my teaching. So it, it's fantastic. You know, you're always going to learn something new. Perhaps to just yeah build on what Katie said. I think I'd echo everything. I get like the especially the sessions um, this uh, this sort of calendar year in twenty twenty one where we've um, started to deliver our projects a little bit more and being able to feedback progress. It's been great to hear how some of the projects have developed so far. And as Katie, as Katie said, I'll be definitely um, looking to adopt. We're already adopting sort of ideas and concepts into our own project design, but afterwards when all the sort of projects are finalized we're definitely um looking for yeah hoovering up as katie said uh, knowledge um for our own 
you. So yeah, just lots of sort of expertise and knowledge sharing, to be honest. I think it's also given an opportunity to get a kind of fresh look at your project that perhaps it's hard to get that view from internal to your organisation. So to be able to speak to people external and, and get that kind of view on, oh, well, have you thought about doing something differently or, or sort of a, a different solution to a problem? Um, that's been another real um, sort of benefit of working as a wider network. Yeah, and I think we've also benefited from input from Katie and in addition to everything else everyone said, but Katie's also been working in education and doing outreach in the community and with schools. And Jim Longhurst um, from the University of West of England, um, he was also in, and he's been doing a lot of work with in higher education and implementing sustainable development goals. So it's, it's just been very interesting to have input from people with specific expertise as well as the more general learnings that we've benefited from. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, uh, could each of you tell me what you think the biggest benefit of working in a cohort and a wider network is? Well, you get you get to make friends, don't you? I mean, it's as simple as that. And once you're friendly with somebody, then you're more forgiving and um, and more supportive and you know that once you've worked closely in an action learning set then that's it you know that you can always pick up the phone or ping an email and go yay a little bit of help needed here or on the other way oh this this is a glimmer of something I bet Jane and Ben would fancy this idea so that's the kind of thing that Jane was kind of hinting at and we love it we love sharing. As um, Katie's already said like having just being able to speak to other people and kind of like share uh similar challenges and issues because the because the program just because of like the time it's been taking place in during sort of the covid sort of context has put made struggles but everyone's had struggles so it's good to um share those kind of things but what i was going to say was having the uh sort of the experience facilitators from the lgn ucl to be able to bring the program together and run the meetings has been really useful like in terms of like how they flow, timekeeping and stuff like that. That's just been definitely helped in terms of sort of the knowledge sharing process. And so without them, I don't think you would have been able to get the collaborative sort of working and the programme to work as it has done. So I think that's been really good. Yeah, and I think also for the future, being aware of the other projects, because I've heard about projects I hadn't even thought about. Um, So I think that's really useful both for me and my teaching. So contacting those people at a later date I think will be really that opportunity will be really valuable because we can learn from you know what worked what didn't work I mean our project has got lots of things that we are learning from and I think it would you know we'd be really happy to share that with other people not just in the report but also in the follow-up discussions if, if other people want to do work with schools. So. And I would absolutely echo that. The real benefit to me of the, the programme and hearing about other people's projects has been that sparking of ideas uh, for future things that we need to do um, and ways in which we can tackle those, those problems. I think Jane's got an excellent point about um, failure. We're always very good at celebrating our successes and we need to be more open with, you know, hasn't actually worked and you know there's a friendly supportive group to be able to share the you know the absolute you know disasters because you know we have a few of those along the way always absolutely um i suppose you've alluded to it but uh would you would you keep in touch after the program's finished yeah i'd say so there's yeah 
really interesting project and, and sort of Jane mentioned from the council side there's definitely when I sort of hear some final project outputs there will definitely be some sort of uh, networking with some of the people afterwards. And I think my students would also find it very inspiring to have colleagues from other projects come and speak. I teach a module on entrepreneurs, sustainability and community action and design a project. So I think it, they would find it really interesting to hear from, say, Katie and Ruth about their projects, because a lot of them don't really know what's going on because, you know, the action on climate change has been so slow up to now. I think with suddenly seeing a big explosion of interest and money and new common policies, although I don't think a lot of them are very effective, um, but at least this is really in the public domain now. And that I found with this module, it's quite an experimental module, but students really get inspired. So having people come in to contribute to lectures and sessions will, will be really great, actually. So Jane, I've just heard you say that. And again, in my teaching, I invite experts in to talk. And I'm just saying, I haven't even thought until you just mentioned it. So there's me just now hoovering up another brand new idea. So brilliant. Thanks, Jane. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. And uh, obviously, keep us updated if, if you do. So reflecting on the programme up till now, what is your one key takeaway message for university council partnership working so that it can be more effective? My one takeaway would be, it's hard. Don't underestimate how hard it is. Any project will always be a journey. This has just been a, you know, a small part of a longer journey. Um, and yeah, collaborative working is hard. Don't underestimate it. Yeah, and I, I think this has been a really particularly difficult year for collaboration because of communication and not being able to meet face to face. And that's raised issues with all partners. But I think so in the, the big thing is to be patient and flexible and to have the trust and confidence that you will get through any knots that appear and that different organizations have structures and requirements and, and so on. This is it's very clear in our collaboration. Um, it's good to understand those, but also to be to be patient about how long things may take and but with that trust that things will come together. Yeah, be 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 very patient with it. It is uh, it'll be a lot more hard work than you think, but the final project, given the type of collaboration you're getting between sort of two different areas of expertise will ultimately produce some good results so just be patient. Mine would be a very practical point which relates to um, a sort of a particular um, restriction or barrier that uh, Katie and I have had which kind of delayed us um, and so the takeaway would be to have an overarching kind of uh, legal agreement between the project partners so in this case between the university and the council um, to mean that funding could be shared more easily and there was that legal basis for um, for working in partnership together. That's really, really helpful. Thank you all. So finally, Ben and Jane, how will you continue the great work that you've begun in the programme in the future? So from the council side, we're planning on taking the findings from the project about the challenges schools face embedding consideration of the environment into uh, the school sort of practices in the curriculum. And we'll be sharing this with in the council itself and also with Essex County Council, who are the uh, authority responsible for education. 
to see the um, type of support we can offer schools going forward in relation to their challenges. And of course, we'll also circulate any of the key learnings from the project with um, the other authorities and universities that are taking part in this program, but also more widely through the LGA networks and other local authority networks through that. In addition to the challenges, we'll also be looking to share the good practice from schools in terms of the pilot school we're working with, but also other schools we're hoping to do some interviews and focus groups with to share that good practice amongst other schools in Colchester and beyond. So it's fine one school doing something really great, but you kind of want to help and facilitate other schools to do so. And I feel like case studies are quite powerful because you've got that real world example there and someone's done it and you can find out how they've done it and share that. And in terms of like me working with Jane going forward and the university, it's shown that we can do it and the council's already working with the university a lot more on other projects. So it's just sort of kick-started a collaboration that will continue. The university declared a climate emergency last December and is expanding um, environmental action, environmental education, and part of it will be volunteering projects for students, setting up more opportunities for volunteering around sustainability. So one way to provide continuity to the, the pilot school will also be to set up a team of volunteers um, to go in and, and um, do gardening and growing, for example, but also um, the other contacts, uh, we may be able to use those to develop a broader programme of students working with schools on embedding sustainability. So those contacts from the project will be really valuable. Absolutely. Katie and Ruth, can I ask you the same question? We're avidly waiting for the Department of Transport to release um, the next tranche of fund, well, the first tranche of funding really for decarbonising um, the transport for cities. Because as um, Ruth said, this is, ours is a novel approach to a city-based um, bike share. We're developing it as a cheapest chips version. So, you know, it won't need the same kind of investment because we're a small city and there are lots of small cities tackling with um, the same kind of congestion, air quality, um, you know, sustainable transport issues. So what we're hoping is we can use this as a demonstrator project that, you know, it's super transferable across the globe, even not even just in, in the UK. So we're hoping to get a smidge more funding to take um, our small pilot and be able to um, expand it um, as, a, as an employer-led bike share. So, um, you know, which is different from leisure cycling and different from, you know, the, what the combined authorities say just up the road from us in, in Birmingham, just on um, what happens in London. Yeah. So just as Katie said, obviously, we want to kind of extend it and continue um, with that program. And I think also um, the kind of formal basis on which we put it together uh, for this piece of work is something that um, certainly I would like to, to replicate in the future. Um, as a city council, as I've said, we recognise that the only way in which we can really uh, tackle the climate challenge is to work in partnership with key stakeholders in the city. And the university is absolutely um, sort of a key key partner. Um, and, you know, the students uh, that are at the university now are going to be going on to be future employees. Um, 
and probably you know business owners as well in the city so how we work with the university is going to be so important going forward and I think this project kind of giving us that formal basis for working together is hopefully a really nice stepping stone uh, for tackling future future projects and challenges together. Great and thanks everybody for taking part and for giving your insights today. You've been listening to Together Towards Net Zero. This episode was presented by myself, Olivia Lancaster, produced by UCL and LGA with support from UCL Public Policy and edited by Nathan Copeland. Our guests today were Katie Boom, Ruth Coral, Dr. Jane Hindley and Ben Plummer. To find out more about the Net Zero Innovation Programme, visit www.ucl.ac.uk slash public policy. If you would like to hear more podcasts from UCL, then head to ucl.ac.uk slash ucl minds slash podcasts. Finally, to read more about the LGA's climate change programme, visit local.gov.uk slash r support slash climate change. Thanks for listening and I hope you will join us again next time.